Yeah. Well, well, that's great. I'm real excited to spend a lot of time in this tiny room. I hate this sound booth. <laughs> Don't be rude. Sorry, I'm not trying to be rude. It's Don't just, be rude, please. I wish that Carrie wasn't taking up the good sound booth today, and that we weren't stuck all week in this tiny free... Are we recording? Tell me when we're recording. Tell me when we're re- We're always recording. Okay, well, hello and welcome to Podcast versus Podcast. I'm Piers Ray. My name is Eric Ivanovich, and this is a podcast where we take turns pitching podcasts to each other. At the end of the episode, we are going to vote on which podcast pitch was the better one. Mm-hmm. And the winning pitch is our new show. I, I quit this one forever. Okay, there it is. I forgot you, about that. you had this look like you were going to say something else, and then you kind of just glazed over. I didn't want to be rude. I'm tired. I didn't want to interrupt, so I just thought I would judge you after the fact. We're recording late today. Uh, late in the day. Uh, Carrie Donaldson, head librarian Carrie Donaldson, has <sighs> taken umbrage with some of our recent episodes and is forcing us into a lesser time slot. Really, yeah. really abusing her power here at the library. And I tried to uh, stand up for ourselves, and I tried to uh, tell her, like, hey, you know what? We're co-kings on this island. We tell you who gets what sound booth. But she has a, she has a fist of iron. She has an iron fist. And uh, she punched me very hard. Yeah. Eric is, Eric is very bruised. I think my arm may be broken. Well, it is definitely broken. I have not seen you lift it once today. Can you can you please pass me that pencil? I'm sure I could, but I just don't feel like it right now. I would like to see you try. Listen, I, we don't have time to waste on me passing you pencils and lifting my arm. Okay. I'm feeling very woozy. Tell you what. And I'd like to get out of this podcast booth, so let's get on with the show. I got to... No, well... Fine, but I'm going to double back to that arm. I really want to find out if it's broken okay. or not. Okay, buddy. I've got a heck of a pitch for you. You I'm ready? Excited to okay, be here, well, yeah. Well, thank you for acknowledging that I'm speaking aloud okay, well, to I'm you. Sw- Another... I'm swallowing at the time. Well, terrible timing. I hope you can take out those pauses. <laughs> I very easily can, Pierce. Well, not now that I've referenced it and made a huge big deal about it. Eric, the income inequality gap is, gap is growing. Okay. The rich are getting richer. The poor are getting poorer and more numerous. But you know what rich people will always want? What's that? Methamphetamine. Here's how we're going to close the gap. Poor people of the world, I'm going to teach you on my new show, Meth Head of the Class, how to make the choicest crystal meth. And I'm not talking crank. I'm not talking hypo. I'm talking sweet, sweet crystal, baby. So on this show, we're going to run you uh, through how to make and produce your own meth lab and sell it to the rich. Only the rich. Do not take advantage of the working class desperate for an escape. Do mm-hmm. not. Do not. You only sell it to the wealthy. And that is how we will uh, solve the world income inequality crisis. Man. It's illegal. But is it immoral? Well, here's the thing. Um, I just don't think it's effective. What? Meth? I don't think it's going to be effective. Well, no, no. Meth is meth, very no, effective. Meth works. I just don't think this plan is going to be effective because the rich have so much money and resources and power that they can make a factory of, of like, they can build a meth factory and hire a bunch of uh, oh minimum god. wage employees to work in it and make all the fucking meth they want. Oh my god, that didn't even occur to me. Like... The okay. idea, the well, idea that you're gonna get like a, a swarm of poor people like out there selling uh, meth to the rich people. The rich right. people are gonna be like, I, you know what? I don't need to give you my money. I, I can just build this factory and then I give you a job, you and then what? you're gonna thank me for for making my <sighs> meth for me. Okay, 
change of plans. Yeah, what's it? There's no way we're going to overcome income inequality. So okay. I'm just going to teach people how to make meth so they can enjoy something in life. Right, so they can enjoy meth. So you're going to go get your two-liter pop bottle. Okay. You're going to need a also a one-liter bottle. Get two caps for it. You're going to need a 20-ounce bottle cap. Uh, one quart jar this is so inefficient and you're explaining a very complicated way am i i'm just giving you how many bottles and how many caps one two liter bottle okay with a cap one one liter bottle but you got to get two caps for that one one liter bottle where am i putting the other cap well we're getting we're gonna get there we're gonna start with ingredient with what you need a 20 ounce bottle also with a cap a one quart jar Two feet of one quarter inch diameter rubber slash plastic hose. Aquarium hose works good. Some coffee filters. A funnel. Tubing cutter. Go to Home Depot for that. Two pliers. One roll of duct tape or electrical tape. 260 milligram Sudafed HCL pills. Okay. Okay. One and a half cups of ammonium nitrate fertilizer. 3300 if you're looking for the number on the side of the bag. Want a cap on that or? No, we have enough caps. Uh, Three cans starting fluid. Those should all come with caps. Uh, three AA Energizer lithium batteries, one bottle Red Devil brand lye, two caps of water. Uh, you're going to use the top <laughs> the caps, off of those two caps. liters, but you want to keep those caps. You'll probably use those on the pop bottles. Uh, one box of iodized salt, one bottle Liquid Fire brand drain opener. Now, that's all you need to get started making meth, Eric. <laughs> Seems like a lot. Uh, Where am I going to get all these caps? Not. I mean, aside from the 260 milligram Sudafrin uh, HCL pills, which does seem like a lot, and that's going to be real hard to get. You're going to have to really work at that. Yeah, I remember from Breaking Bad, that was like a big like um, bottleneck for them, was they needed that Suda. But where were they going to get that sweet, sweet Suda? They stole it. Actually. Oh, yeah, they did steal it. Yeah. Well, um, steal from the rich is my advice. Uh you know what? Maybe we should be doing a podcast teaching people how to steal before we teach them how to make meth. <laughs> because if they knew how to steal, they wouldn't need the meth to escape from their life of grinding true, poverty. True. You know what? I was really excited to come in here and teach people how to make meth today, but I think I found a better way. Okay. So I'm not going to be voting for my podcast. Okay. Well, maybe you'll vote I don't for my know, podcast. I don't know what I'm going to vote for. Give me your idea. Let's see what you got. So the big news of the day, of the week actually, okay. is that I cut my hair. And everyone, everyone has a take on it. Every single person I've come across um, so far, except for you, but you're very polite, so you didn't, uh, you didn't mention my haircut. Um, but uh, I meant to. Every oh, you did. I did mean to mention it. What did you mean to say about it? That you got one. Yeah. Okay. So that's basically the level of discourse about my haircut. That is, uh, that's about par for the course. Um, all of my coworkers, they see me. With a haircut, they say, whoa, Eric, did you cut your hair? You look different now that your head is different um, than it used to be. And then uh, when I went to go get lunch at the place I always get lunch at, they're like, whoa, you cut your hair? You don't look the same. You you used to look different when you had more hair on. And then uh, the guy uh, uh, who is uh, booking us into the, to the sound booth today is like, you didn't get a haircut, did you? I was like, yeah, I did. He's like... Yeah, I could tell you, uh, you looked different. You looked, uh, the way that you looked before is not the way that you look now. So I think that, um, since it's the hottest topic of the day, we should do a podcast about my haircut. Uh, I think it's, here's my problem with this podcast. I'm just going to come straight out and say it. Okay. You also shaved your face. Yeah. That's, 
a much bigger issue to me than you getting a haircut. Really, is it? Really, because I've seen you with this jarhead haircut before. You look like the Marine who kills himself in Full Metal Jacket. I do kind of look like that. That is exactly what you look like with this haircut and shit. Yeah, a little bit. He could have been friendly. He was going through a hard time. He had no place else to go. I think that's what that's that's from. That is a great movie. It's really good. Do you like the first half or the second half better? I like the whole movie better. Well, which which part speaks to you more? Because it's like two separate movies. It's not really like two separate movies. Well, I mean, they're linked thematically, but it feels like two totally separate stories. Yeah, it's not the it's not two separate stories. It's one. Why? What? Because Joker's there the whole time. Yeah, it's Joker's story. Man, you could have just released either half of that movie. Yeah, and those would have been fine movies. But you know what? That's the that's the genius of Stanley Kubes. Uh, oh, is that he made that? Yeah, the the director of Spider Man One and Two. Spider Man One and Two. <laughs> We're talking about the same director, right? Yes. Yeah, Full, Met, Full Metal Goops. Jacket, uh, Barry Lyndon, Spider-Man 1 and 2. That's right. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Just want to make sure I know who we're talking about. Um, yeah, unfortunately he died uh, in the midst of planning his, uh, Spider-Man his, 3. his magnum opus, AI, Artificial Intelligence, as well as Spider-Man 3. Well, I think that, I feel like Spider-Man 3 retains a lot of his genius. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's fine. Steven Spielberg took over for it, and uh, he's he's competent direct, director. Putting Sandman and Venom in the same film is That's just a stroke of genius. It's just like Full Metal Jacket. You could have had one movie with Sandman, or you oh. could have had one movie with Venom. But that's the beauty. That is the fucking genius of Stanley Kubes, man. Oh. He put them both in there. Another great Kubrick movie. Where he uses his exact device, but to an even bigger degree, is yeah. the Breakfast Club. Yeah. Because any one of those kids, those five kids, would have made a complete movie. Yeah, you could have had a movie about the goth. You could have had a movie about the she's, flush. She's not a goth. Isn't that what she says? Isn't that what she says? No, she's just like a freak. What's she it? doesn't have any goth elements to her character or her outfit or anything. Oh, fuck it. Listen, I've seen the movie. There's a speech at the end. It's like, we were just a, 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 I'm looking it a up. goth. A, a I don't think they said she was. Maybe a she's god. not a goth, but it was just a burner, the the burner, the the grind, the princess, the grind, the nerd, the princess, the grind. The grind the, is definitely the jock. the jock. It is the grind. I remember watching that movie and be like, the grind. The fuck are you talking about, Stanley Koops? That's one of his. That's one of his uh, lesser movies, I think. See, now I think. Okay, here we go. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain and an athlete and a basket case, a princess and a criminal. Well, Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, the Barkfuss Club. Basket case. That's what the, that's what the goth was. She's the not goth a goth. Basket. There's nothing goth about Ali Sheeny. Listen, she wears black. She does not wear black. Okay. I'm confusing it. You know what? I'm thinking of Nightmare Before Christmas. She wears a which coat. Is, this is the, now, this is another one of Stanley Koops' best movies. Oh, man. It would have been great if it was just a Christmas movie. And it would have been it, fantastic if it was a Halloween movie. But you know what? <laughs> that's, the, that's the genius of Stanley Koops. He put them both in there. Nightmare Before Christmas. Another great Kubrick film. Maybe his best. Probably his best Probably his best one. I get that one mixed up with Breakfast Club all the time. Oh, uh, man. If I had to pick my favorite Stanley Kubrick film, I would probably say it's The Burbs. The Burbs is... With Tom Hanks. The Burbs is, like, top one or two. I, it's it's The Burbs or Nightmare Before Christmas. Ooh, you know what, though? 
Here's it. Now here's the no, beauty no, about no, the, no, no. Here's the We got to talk we got to talk about this. It's look who's talking too. Because look who's talking was great. But yeah. then Coobs comes in, scoops up that franchise and says, "Let me fix this." <laughs> so here's the beauty of Stanley Coobs with okay. look who's talking too. It would have been a great movie if it was about a baby. And it would have been a great movie if it was about talking and speech. Right, right. But here's the thing. He put them both together. There's oh. a baby who talks in that movie. You Things... could have released either one, but he took, put them in both. There's two babies that talk. That's what... This is such a Kubrick thing. It's just layers on layers on layers, layers. On layers, on layers. It's like when you're watching The Shining. Right. And you look at the brand of the typewriter. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that's probably has some deeper meaning. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, um, this is a running motif in his films, right? The brand of the typewriter and the uh, the aspect ratio of the monolith turned on its side represents a cinema. And the other baby in Look Who's Talking To represents the Illuminati. Did you know that the brand of the typewriter is monolith typewriter? Exactly. That's what, And that is it why... It represents the cinema. That's why Jack Torrance yeah. types on it sideways. He stands it on its end. And types like that. Yeah. It's a reference to 2001. Of, co- of course it is. Of course. It's his favorite movie. And, I mean, you can tell he was planning ahead for The Shining even when he did 2001. Right. Because when the monkey throws the bone in the air. Yeah, you can see on the side it says... Monolith. <laughs> and then it, brief- mon- it briefly becomes a croquet mallet. Yeah. And Jack Torrance's face. And then turns into and a spaceship. And then there's one frame where you can see Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. God. It's like he was born and just said, I'm going to make all these movies. And the star child at the end? That's yes. actually the same baby from Look Who's Talking To. <sighs> wow. I love movies, man. I love cinema. I just love cinema. I love cinema and uh, f- film and movies. I love, I love, what do you like more, film or movies? I gotta say, I gotta say movies. I gotta confess, I do like <sighs> movies more than film. I'm sorry, but I gotta vote for film. Okay. Well, I'm voting movies. Well, I'm sorry, but we've come to an impasse here. Oh, no. It's, one it's vote a for tie. film, <laughs> one vote for movies, and neither shall go home the winner today. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a couple great podcast pitches here today, and we had a, a really interesting discussion on what's better films or movies <laughs> and i feel like we've conclusively proven that both are okay thanks for listening to podcast versus podcast tune in tomorrow for more podcast pitching fun with me and Piers. Uh, if you want to hit us up on twitter we're at podcast bs and we'd love to hear do you think films or movies are better let us know what you think we'd love to interact we're putting up a poll today so uh look forward to that thanks for listening everybody goodbye Bye.